This is Christian Book Blurb, brought to you by author and songwriter Matt McClary. Get a behind-the-scenes glimpse into the lives of some of your favourite Christian authors, hear about their books and faith. Also, why not check out my website, mattmcclary.com. Well, hello and a happy new year to you. I wonder what time you're listening to this episode, whether it's first thing on New Year's morning, or maybe you might even be a few days out of sync after recovering from the New Year's celebrations. Good morning or good afternoon or good evening. Happy New Year to you. Welcome to the special edition of the Christian Blue Blue podcast, where we are kicking off 2024 in style. This is the podcast where we like to encourage you in your discipleship one book at a time as we meet some amazing Christian authors and learn about their books, their lives, and their faith. Well, I'm your host, Matt McClary. Welcome aboard. Thank you so much for joining me today. And on today's show, I'm going to be talking about preparing for revival with the author Malcolm McDonald. Hello, Malcolm. Welcome to the show. Hello and Happy New Year. It's lovely happy to be with you. Happy New Year to you. It's fantastic. <laughs> Wonderful. We, we've both kind of woken up really early. Well, not really. I know we've recorded this a bit in advance, so we might still yeah. be in bed when people are listening to this. But anyway, Happy New Year. Yeah. What a way to start 2024 by chatting about revival. I think it's a great topic to kick the New Year off with. And I hope it stirs us up to pray with... Um, open eyes to what could be in in the year ahead now malcolm in in certain church circles we hear about revival spoken about a lot but i know in other church circles you know we may not even know what the word revival is because we just don't speak about it so could we start off by you know can you just give us a brief explanation what is revival yeah thank you um well i've been thinking and praying and uh reading and exploring the subject of revival for the last 30 years, really. Um, and it does mean different things to different people. But yeah, uh, I know that perhaps, you know, our American friends might think of revival as just, you know, big meetings or sort of religious entertainment and, you know, see a week of uh, large meetings. But that's not really what I'm talking about here. Um, uh, my sense of what revival is about, and actually, it's it's really good to be recording this um, for New Year's Day, because actually New Year's Day is often a day of hope for people. They begin to turn their attention to the future, thinking what's going to be in store for me this this year. Uh, and it's like a line is drawn and a new season is coming. And actually, when I think of revival, it's a it's really about bursting with hope, uh, because revival is a sovereign move of God that actually releases salvation and healing transformed communities and uh, revival uh, Arthur Wallace said that revival is like he he just put it in two words he said God came and mm. I spoke to someone who uh, lived in the Hebrides revival and he said it this way he said it was like Jesus came to stay in the village and I thought that was an amazing way of describing it because um, most of the time we live through the struggles, through the, the strains, the pressures of a declining church and um, of it being tougher and harder to share faith and to feel like um, we're getting anywhere in our culture that seems to be moving further away from God. But revival often happens 
in history at the darkest moments and the, the most difficult times, that is when God moves. It's in it's often deserts that God sends the streams. And so that's where this book I've written called Saturated with God, that's the sort of heart of it. It's like rain in the desert. It's like streams in the desert. It's uh, it's a refreshing, it's a renewal. But the probably the biggest thing revival touches in my heart is where it's not just that in churches that we have good meetings and we have a we have a lovely sense of the presence of God, which is wonderful, but it is where communities get transformed. It's where schools, neighborhoods, streets um, really get touched by the the presence and the power mm. of God, and that's what that's what really motivates me. That's what excites me about revival. Mm. Now, do we see revival mentioned in the Bible? Is is it called revival? Or is this um, a word that we've since given over to a powerful move of God, you know, in today's language? Yeah, there's there's actually loads of revivals in the Bible. Um, for example, in the Old Testament, when um, with Elijah on Mount Carmel, 1 Kings 8, 17 and 18, uh, we see the fire come down from heaven. You know, Israel, Israel is going through a real time of rebellion and God, God sends his fire on Mount Carmel and the, and turns the hearts of people back to him. You see it with Josiah, um, King Josiah, when they re- rediscovered the book of the law in the temple and Ezra read the book and the people turned back to God, having recovered the Bible basically in, in for them, for themselves. You see it in the dedication of the temple in two Chronicles seven when again the glory of God comes and the glory of God fills the temple so powerfully that people cannot stand up. They have to sort of lie prostrate on the ground and it's a it's a powerful encounter. I would say that the day of Pentecost itself in Acts chapter 2 in the New Testament is like a revival when the Spirit came. It's the birth of the church, but it was a powerful moment. It's like a sovereign, beautiful, transforming self-saving move of god takes place and um certainly in the revival histories i've read um there's something supernatural something powerful something very very deep um and renewing about what god does so he's done it all the way through the bible and all the way through history as well whether it's um you know, so many, so many historical movements in the in the early church, in the church fathers, in the Reformation, um, through the through all the way through, you know, the Methodist revivals, John Wesley in America with people like Charles Finney, Dale Moody, so on. And there's just so many histories that we have in and actually the UK um is one of the nations that seem multiple, many, many moves of God, sometimes national in the year 1859, that one year, one million people came to faith, which if that was to happen in 2024, a million people come to faith in the UK, that would that would change the dial. <laughs> that yeah. would change the, the climate of what we are, the culture and everything around us. Um, and that did, that's happened before. So it could happen again and it probably be even more powerful now because of social media because of the interconnectedness that people have 
Um, so yeah, there's been many examples through the Bible, mm. through history. So there's loads of examples, but I, I guess the word itself, revival, um, you don't see that you know often in the Bible, but. But it, it's a good sure. word. It's a good word that that captures the essence of what's happening. Um, yeah. the, 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 the church or people are being revived or being brought back to life yeah. or being filled with the Spirit. Yeah, that's right. And in, in Psalm eighty six, it does say, you know, will you not revive us again? Yeah, that your people may rejoice in you. And I guess that's in some of those verses. That's probably where we've got the language revival from. Mm. Um, mm. But I hope. I hope I kind of in in the book I've written kind of convey that it is um it it's something much much deeper than just a series of good meetings. Ah, uh, ah. Uh. So, yeah, what? Why is it important? Why should why should we be wanting it? Why should you know? Why should we we care? Why is revival necessary? Yeah, yeah, and that's why. So, so I've written this book called Saturated with God, and that's where a lot of it. You know, if I could explain it this way, that for us, you know, for me, when I think about revival as being saturated with God, the reason I want to be saturated with God is because um, we, you know, our culture and our lives without God are dry and broken. And, um, you know, the Bible does use a lot of language around, you know, deserts and um, that sort of thing. And so, um, Without God, if if our culture keeps moving further and further on without God and more like having self at the center, it's like a a bleak new religion of self that has you know captured our culture. And mm. the further we get into that, the further we get away from Jesus, we get away from God's best and God's goodness for our lives. And so, the revival is this place of you know saying actually. You know, we we need to come out of the desert and come into the into the floods of the Holy Spirit. So in Psalm sixty three, you know, it says, "God, you are my God; earnestly I seek you. My soul longs for you." And then it says, "In a dry and weary land where there is no water, it's like a waterless existence." And you know, when we think about the need to hydrate in our natural for our natural bodies. We have to hydrate every day to stay healthy. And I think we have to get filled and saturated with God to be a healthy church. And um, the church is in a mess. Culture is in a mess. Um, and, you know, as we go into this new year, there is lots of hope. There's also lots of problems. There's lots of struggles, uh, lots of need. And we need Jesus at the, to come back into the center of the church. We need Jesus in our nation. We need Jesus in our communities, Jesus in our families mm. um, and in our streets. And so revival is, it's not that we pursue revival for itself, but we want it. For me, it's a returning to Jesus. And that's, that's what we always need most of all. So yeah, I, uh, for me, sorry. Um, just, yes, yeah, sometimes we, we look at the state of the world or just you know situations or things going on um and it kind of boils down to well you know the only real solution here everything's been tried and nothing has worked the only solution to this problem is jesus only jesus can actually fix this properly um you know 
So yeah. So so, so revival. Even when we look at society and 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 yeah. you know things that go on, my the communities in which we live, the problems that we face, you know, well actually, actually only Jesus can can bring true change, bring true transformation. That's really good. Thank you for for explaining that to us. Um, but a lot of the time, don't we? We think that revival is all about those who are not Christians, people who don't know Jesus, coming to salvation and encountering Jesus for themselves. Now, that is part of it. Um, but is this all there is to revival? Um, how how might it impact people who are already Christians? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I often think to myself, um, this is the, 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 the time that we are living in is not the high watermark of what the church can be. Um, there have been times before when the people of God have been revived and it it brings such life and power and kingdom, um, ministry that would flow through the local church. Um, I love, um, you know, for example, like new wine, I'm involved in new, they have the strap line, local church is changing nations. And if we're going to see our nation changed, it will be through local churches, but it'll be through the local church being renewed and revived in the power of the Holy Spirit. And so often it's so sad that our churches are not in that place of being revived. And often things, you know, they look okay, but they're they're not really. And, um, you know, Jeremiah, in Jeremiah 2, he spoke and he said, um, you know, my people have committed two sins. They've forsaken me, the fountain of living waters, and they've dug for themselves broken systems that can hold no water. And as I've looked at that, it's sort of, for me, has been uh, uh, about how we've often in church, we've, we've done things our way rather than Jesus' way, and we've not put Jesus at the center of mm. our churches. You know, how, how, how dependent really are we on Jesus for the way that we... Have I like one of the do, things you said church. in your... Uh, sorry, I like one of the yeah, things you said in your book, um, which is, you know churches have tried all sorts of plans and programs and strategies to try and reach people in their community with the love of Jesus, but have they actually tried God? <laughs> have they actually tried asking yeah, God or yeah, you know involving yeah. God in it? And that, that's kind of what you mentioned. Well, for many of us as Christians, and I say this as a vicar, you know, we're very active, we're very busy, we're, we've already got busy lives and we feel kind of worn out just doing church projects, church activities, church programs. And actually, if we were to simply be more saturated with Jesus <laughs> and that Jesus overflowed from us more, then that would that would make such a difference. And uh, so, you know, I've spoken to a lot of people that the revival that I've most closely connected with is the Hebridean revival in Lewis. And as I've met people who were who who experienced that wonderful move of God in the 1949-52, they described, for example, you know, talking about the church itself, you know, they would meet until two or three o'clock in the morning. And the reason they said that they would do that is not just because, pardon me, not just because um, God's presence was really powerful, but they said they didn't want to part company from each other the fellowship, the sort of work, the, 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 
the depth of love that there was for one another was radically increased by the move of God in their community. Mm. And they just wanted to be together. They described how the worship was on another level because of the presence of God. But so it so touches the life of the local church inside the church and outside, you know, loving one another deeply, the worship life, the prayer life of the church. Apparently the most the most popular meeting was actually the prayer meeting because people oh. just loved to be with each other in the presence of God. Um, and, you know, as I look at the church today, the prayer meeting feels a bit more like the Cinderella of the church, you know, uh, the most beautiful but unloved. <laughs> and, um, you know, I think uh, we desperately need to come back and um, rediscover Jesus and stop doing things just in our own strength, through self-reliance, through self-sufficiency, uh, and really returning to dependence on, on Jesus. Yeah, on, on page 79 in your book, um, Saturation with God, A Cry for Nation-Changing Revival, um, you say, I believe if Jesus is at the center of everything, revival will come. We don't pursue revival, we pursue Jesus. Now, I think this is such an important perspective to maintain. Um, why do you think we get distracted by the concepts or the idea of revival and we often miss the mark when it comes to seeking Jesus. Yeah. You know, it's so true. Um, we can get, we can actually become so wedded to church, almost like a churchianity rather than a Christianity. Um, and, you know, revival looks like Jesus. Like that guy said, as I said at the beginning, it was like Jesus came to stay in the village that was his experience um i think often we we just get distracted through busyness through the struggles of life through trying to sort of you know make it through and so we just get involved with rotors and get our heads down and and just try our best but it's we haven't always got the connection with jesus himself you know jesus is talk we're talking in the church about a relationship with God um, but so many Christians struggle in that place you know prayer worship scripture um, and what what I pray for is to be saturated with God himself so that it's it the Christian life flows out of our connection out of our intimacy out of our relationship with God rather than our to-do list our tasks, our duties, and mm. the things that we, uh, you know, are are just trying to be. We're all trying to just do our best, aren't we? But um, often, it, what's really needed, it's a bit like the Mary Martha thing. You know, a lot of the churches got so many Marthas trying their best, and I commend that. You know, sincerely, really sincerely, working hard. But the Mary, you know, who sat at the feet of Jesus and chose the better path, and so. You know, my encouragement to everybody listening today is to, even on this New Year's Day, is to just be still with Jesus mm. and and we and re find that real connection with the Lord that um, is so needed. Yeah, thank you. That's really good advice. Um, mentioning, you mentioned the to-do list um, in sort of our everyday lives. Yes. Your book, Saturation of God, um, mentions um, ancient paths um, yeah. of 
of things that previous revivals have have benefited from and you suggest ways that we we ourselves can start to prepare for yeah. revival so if this is something if you're listening to this and this is something that's really capturing your attention it's stirring your spirit do check out malcolm's book um saturated with god there's some great stuff in there but malcolm my question that i want to ask you is is this a tick box exercise a to-do list as well of, of sort of you know well if you do if you do a and then you do b and then you know don't forget to do c and then revival will come does it work like that or is it something different yeah that's a great question um i think what in in my book i draw do draw out some characteristics or things that you might notice when you know there's common streams or threads that run through revivals in scripture and in history and those things are all biblical like jeremiah spoke about the ancient paths in jeremiah chapter 6 you know stand at the crossroads and look which is a great verse for New Year's Day as well. Um, stand at the crossroads and look. Ask for the ancient paths. And so I've I've reflected and thought, what are those ancient paths? And if if so much of what we are trying to do in church doesn't seem to be moving the dial, you know, with with most of our communities that are just getting on with their lives and don't care whether our church comes or goes, uh, how can we shift the dial in this nation to see move of God? Well, here are some of the, you know, some of the characteristics that have been seen in the past is things like churches or Christians who prioritize prayer is a really key one. Uh, I, I could certainly say, you know, prayer meetings changed my life, um, but prayer is a massive one. Hunger for holiness and seeking God is another one. And repentance is always uh, a thread that runs through revival, the theme of repentance and faith and the gospel. Uh, another thing would be to love deeply, um, you know, the, uh, a real compassion and fresh outpouring of the love of God in our communities. You know, these are these are all different. Now, none of these things are like tick box that you mentioned. They're all quite basic to discipleship in in many ways. Um, they're it's like Christianity 101 in some ways, but that's what revival is. It sort of restores that which has perhaps been a bit lost or a bit neglected. Uh, and, you know, the, the kind of heart to share Jesus, encounter God, live for the kingdom, unity, um, uh, paying the cost and being willing to, you know, sacrifice uh, in mm. different ways. And, you know, these are all things that are like what I've also called hydrating habits that we can do, you know, um, I think that there, when we think about being saturated with God, Robert and Mary Chains, he spoke about learning to pray for the floods of the Holy Spirit. And it's, it's not just that it's a sovereign move of God. And so we just, we're just waiting for God to decide when the day and the hour is for a, a wonderful outpouring of the Spirit. God is sovereign, but we are also responsible. There's the there's the sovereignty of God and our partnering with God. Uh, so how do we, if this is going to flow out of relationship and not really be a tick box thing, it flows out of us um, engaging in these hydrating habits, these ancient paths, these yeah. discipleship basics. Um, okay. But yeah. Thanks for explaining that. That's really great. Thank you. Yeah, God is sovereign, 
um, but God is holy and we've kind of got to align ourselves with that. Yeah. Uh, thank you. I get that. And we'll be back um, just after these where I'll be speaking some more with Malcolm McDonald about his life and his faith. So do join us after these. Hi, I'm author Matt McClary. My new book, The Prison Letters, a 40-day devotional for Lent, will take you on a thematic journey through the books of Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians and Philemon. Packed full of personal anecdotes and wisdom, the message Paul conveyed to his readers during his imprisonment is brought to life. The Prison Letters devotional is available now from my website, mattmcclary.com, and wherever good books are sold. Get your copy today. If you enjoy listening to this podcast, you can help keep it on the web. All you've got to do is buy me a coffee. Head over to buymeacoffee.com slash to make a donation. There is a link in this episode's show notes. So go on, buy me a coffee today and help this podcast to keep supporting Christian books and authors. And welcome back to the Christian Book Blurb, where I'm chatting with the author Malcolm McDonald about um, preparing for revival and also discussing his book on the topic called Saturated with God. Now, before the break, we spoke quite a lot about revival. But in this part, Malcolm, we like to um, peel back the dust cover of the book and, and find out a bit about the author themselves. So could you tell us, um, do you have any pastimes or hobbies? Do you do anything for fun? <laughs> well, apart from being a dad with three teenagers, um, <laughs> it would take up a lot of my time. I'm a vicar of, uh, I'm a, I'm a vicar of St. Mary's Church in Loughton in Essex. Um, uh, I, my pastimes, I really love, I'm a great, I'm a Scot, so I, I really enjoy rugby. I've, I've been really enjoying, um, you know, uh, I love rugby. I love sport. I just love, you know, watching what well, that sort of thing. Uh, and um, I love. I really enjoy actually kind of current affairs. I did my first degree in history, and so I love reading on on politics and all that sort of stuff. So I really enjoy that. Sort of stuff. So the rugby games. Do you do you watch from the comfort of your armchair, or do you get yeah. out into the cold with a with a with a pie and a, a pint mm -hmm. or whatever it is to watch the game? No, I have to be honest, it's armchair spectating yeah. sports. <laughs> the best, Very similar the to myself. Point. Very similar to myself. <laughs> yes, yes. I always I always say that you get the best view um, from <laughs> you from do. the <laughs> no, no, that's good. Um and so you've already mentioned um um you uh, another job other than being an yeah. author. Um can you just tell us a bit about your church and also maybe your involvement yeah. with New Wine? How does that all work for you? And what do yeah. you Yeah, thank you. I've I've been ordained now for 18 years, been vicar here at St. Mary's Lambton in Essex for 14. And I love, I love God's called me to do this and I love, love every day of it. Uh, it's not easy, especially at the moment in the Church of England. It's not easy being a vicar who believes the Bible and loves the Lord. But um, uh, we're, we, we're believing that God, you know, a lot of the things we are seeing at the moment, as you said earlier, will be sorted through uh god moving in revival um so i married caroline and she also is on this staff team here with me she kind of heads up a lot of the community work that we're doing 
So we're a high street church. We've got a cafe and loads of kids and young people around. So there's always lots going on here um, with with ministry, and uh, and we, we love it. Uh, so I've been married for twenty three years now, and uh, uh, that's been great. And we've been yeah we've been involved yeah a lot in new wine over the years. Um, and both the books I've written actually saturated being one and set me on fire the other. Uh, I st- they started out as teaching series at the New Wine Summer Festival, so that's where they that's where they got birched. Uh, I was just about to ask you to explain what New Wine was because I know some listeners um, aren't based in the UK. We've got listeners yeah. around the world here, and yeah. you know they don't picture a bottle of wine and someone sitting in the mm-hmm. corner somewhere. It, it's a festival. It's a Christian yeah. gathering that happens a, in big tents and camping and all that kind of thing. It is. It is. It's. It's been going for over thirty years. Uh, gatherings get in the summer. Thousands of people uh, seeking to bring lo- local churches to changing nations, and also it's a network of thousands of churches across the UK from lots of denominational, mainly Anglican, uh, Evangelical, Charismatic. So yeah, it's it's exciting and good to be. Oh, that's wonderful. Thank you for that. Um, have you got anything coming up soon that you can tell us about? Are you working on? another book or or a project that that's that's bubbling away in the background that you know my listeners might be interested in in the few coming months maybe uh i i don't yet have because i just brought out saturated this year but i've got a sabbatical coming up next summer so i'm uh-huh. sure that i'm sure that new things will start to bubble away in me uh during that time so uh, that'll be that'll be three months every in the church of england every 10 years we get three months um, leave so that we can be refreshed and renewed. And something that's on my heart, I suppose, during that time is continuing to think, how do we prepare the way for the Lord uh, in this in this season? And also around some of the threads to do with apostolic ministry and planting and multiplying the local church, multiplying disciples, multiplying congregations, um, planting and, uh, you know, going forward with that sounds really interesting. And if if that's um, of interest to you, do um, check out Malcolm's website and and books and things. Keep in touch with what's going on. Um, speaking of which, have you got a website? Where can people find your books? Where can people connect with you? Yeah, um, the best place would probably be our church website, which is stmaryslatin.com. Um, and also the books are available through all the usual, you know, Eden or or books or St. Andrew's bookshops or Amazon or all the usual places you mm-hmm. find it's called Saturated with God and also I, I wrote a one that's my second book my first book's called Set Me on Fire so I've done the themes of fire and water <laughs> and wind <laughs> next yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah everyone's asking you know the, the elemental spirituality <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah so what we'll do for the benefit of of my listeners, if you're listening to this podcast, I will be putting a link to um, Saint Saint Mary's. Is it Saint Mary's Loughton? Yeah, Saint Mary's Loughton's website um, in the show notes of this episode, so you can just click on that and and click over there to find out more about Malcolm and indeed find out about the book um, and everything else. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Malcolm. It's been a pleasure you. talking you. to you, especially at the start of this new year. Yeah. And yeah. I do pray that 2024 goes really well for you now ending slightly slightly differently 
Could I ask you, if you wouldn't mind, um, especially being a New Year's episode, I think it entirely appropriate to ask, why don't you pray? Pray for, for us, pray for, for the listeners, pray for the nations, um, and yeah, pray for floods of the Holy Spirit. So over to you to finish all Thank the episode. Loving God and Father, we come to you on this New Year's Day, and we come with gratitude. We come, Father, with hope. And I pray, Jesus, that you fill everyone with that new hope of your resurrection, your power, your truth, your goodness. Jesus, I ask you that revival would come. I ask you, Lord, for the flood times of your Holy Spirit. I pray, Father, for a depth of connection and intimacy and relationship with you in the coming year that goes beyond anything we've ever known before. We pray, Father, for the communities that we live in, and we long to see them touched with your love in your goodness. We long to see transformation in our families, in our streets, and in our churches. Father, we pray, just fill our hearts with the dream of what you can do through people who are wholly surrendered to you. And I just ask, Father, blessing on everyone listening today, the blessing of God Almighty, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks for listening to Christian Book Blurb with your host, Matt McClary. Do give it a like, give it a share, and let your friends know all about it. We do hope to see you again soon on another Christian Book Blurb.